You're tuning into the Active Mom Podcast with physical therapist, Dr. Carrie Pagliano, a real mom's guide to all things postpartum return to workouts after baby. If you're a postpartum mom, coach, trainer, or physical therapist looking for answers on how to get back to running, CrossFit, yoga, Pilates, HIIT, you name it without the fear of pelvic floor issues or doing something wrong, this is the podcast for you. Let's start the show. All right, super excited. We've been waiting a long time for this one. <laughs> Dr. Shafali Christopher, she is a uh, researcher at Elon University on faculty there and most recently over the summer was part of the U.S. Paralympic team supporting uh, Paralympic triathlon. Uh, Dr. Christopher and I, we've been trying to connect, I almost say like the better part of like seven or eight months, but she's super busy publishing. Um, she's also a mom of two. Our kids are about the same age, so we've been chatting about that. But I uh, wanted to bring um, Shafali on to talk about her research um, with postpartum runners. So thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to do this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I'm sorry it's taken so long. I actually was, uh, when COVID hit, decided that my PhD had to be finished. So uh, a good part of the half of this year was just getting through all the data and getting it ready to publish. Um, and then, you know, recovering from that, whatever never didn't get done. Yes. <laughs> Cause I was like in that zone um, and then going to Tokyo and then recovering from that, getting whatever didn't get done. So, and then going into teaching. So I'm um, really sorry for our- uh, Not at all. Uh, it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. I hope so. <laughs> All right. So. I'm to delete this podcast, but it actually wasn't worth the wait. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so. All right. So in 60 seconds, tell me about the last two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, when I got uh, decided to do a PhD, I wanted to really look into postpartum uh, mom runners because um, I, my clinical practice, that's what I... I saw a lot of runners and I saw a lot of postpartum women and actually surprisingly they came to me like two, three years after. So, um, versus like right after, and they were just a wreck, you know, they had maybe, um, run too much too fast or done, uh, just too much. Um, and so, um, I wanted to really explore that since there was no literature, you know, even five years ago, just a couple of studies out there. And so I decided that let's, let's explore this path. And so my research focus has been trying to figure out the risk factors for running related injury in postpartum runners and a couple of different papers that have led us to this. Um, we started uh, with some systematic reviews of just what are risk factors in runners. Um, first time risk factors for uh, lumbopelvic pain postpartum, not even in runners, just trying to get more information. Moved into a Delphi study where we asked the experts what they were seeing. And then we use that information to design some surveys. And so we've got um, one paper out there on risk factors that we identified. And we have a lot of a lot more data that we collected at the time on pain, yeah. different, different, uh, you know, mileage and running related factors that I'm going to try and sort through now when I take a deep breath and get yes. that on there as well. So Oh, that's awesome. Um, what do you, what do you think kind of surprised you the most? I mean, you're a mom yourself, you were treating in the clinic and as you kind of dive, dove into these different areas, what kind of surprised you? Yeah. So I think, um, uh, one of the things that surprised me is I was so biased. I thought every postpartum mom needed, you know, had 
injuries and needed PT. But right. as I'm like serving and learning about the research, I think a lot of people are going back to running with no issues and no problems. Yeah. That's a really huge piece where, you know, as clinicians are biased, because all we see are people coming in with pain, um, yeah. with, with injuries, all of that. But there is a group that's doing it fine. And so what are the secrets? What is the special sauce that's taking them yes. running? Um, and that's kind of been one of the most surprising things, because um, I wasn't expecting this large group of runners having successful reentry or initiation into running. Um, right. Well, I'll be interested to see too. And I mean, I feel like you kind of came into the research aspect at such a unique time. I mean, the 2019 UK guidelines came out. Uh, we've got a pandemic where people weren't going to the gym or doing the things that they normally do, but going out your front door or hopping on a treadmill might be the easiest, safest thing to do. Like, and we also have all these Olympic moms that are killing it mm -hmm. out there. Um, I, I think it's such a unique time to see as more moms start to do this, are we going to see more women that are doing just fine? Or are we going to see, you know, kind of things that your research might benefit. I don't, I'm curious to see kind of how this all plays out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I think you, you hit on something that the Olympic moms thing, right. They're like really intelligent athletes. Yeah. Uh, say that like, I'm not like that. Right. Uh, I'm dying to run. I'll go run. Even though it's been a crappy day, I'm stressed. I have no sleep. I'm totally uh, fatigued. Uh, but the Olympic moms are smart. They like are, are watching these things and they're right. doing well and they're, you know, they're doing a hard run on a good day. And maybe if they have a lot of stress and fatigue, they may be backing up on their training. So, so I think like, we're going to see a lot of uh, data come out as um, we have these moms going back to sports because yeah. they're collecting that data as well. And so. that's one of the things that you looked at, right, was what, what are these things, you know, how does sleep play into it, fatigue, all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know that I think it's one of those things that as moms, we just kind of understand we're tired, but may not necessarily connect with things that might eventually end up in like red ass or something like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's that athlete mentality, right? Like no pain, no gain. You know, I'm going to show up for the workout, even if I'm not ready to ready to. And our bodies are just different. They don't respond. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, you had a hard night of drinking and you could get through your uh, college workout and, <laughs> and and the coach didn't know. Uh, but now, you know, you don't sleep and your body's still, you know, recovering from a huge uh, life changing injury like childbirth. Right. Uh, it's important to pay attention to some of those signals. And, you know, and I guess we don't recover as quickly as we did. Right? We were collegiate athletes. And so I think. Um, I think uh, these these factors may actually be a really important thing to look at. And with all this amazing wearable technology, I feel like it's on all our fingertips. Yes. Um, we have access to it. And even, you know, even the smallest, like a Fitbit and just looking at your heart rate changes, maybe enough yes. to decide like, oh, today it's like my resting heart rate is really high. You know, maybe I, I do a walk instead of a, a speed work. Yeah. It's, it's, funny. it's funny you say that. I got... Um a whoop probably I've had been maybe almost two years. I'm not sure how long. Um, and it's funny. I talk to people and like, Oh, I'll, I'll have mine for like six months and then I don't need it anymore. And I'm like, my whoop reminds me that I'm not insane. Right. If I feel like poo, the numbers say that, yes, you should feel this way because something <laughs> is not right. So it's my, it's my daily reminder that I have not lost it. <laughs> 
And it also is your daily reminder on the days where you're like, am I just faking it? Like, okay, I am rested right. and I can push it. And I'm just feeling, you know, maybe a little yep. lethargic because I sap too much exactly. uh, during the morning. So well, yeah, I think there's definitely some weight in, in uh, looking at some of those numbers in a, in a, um, not trying to be insane way, right? Like yes, exactly. <laughs> we have to look at the numbers, but not be too obsessed with them. Well, and I, I think that brings up another point too, is like when we're looking at postpartum runners, we have our, our pros that we've seen. And we also have the people that are um, faster than, than the average mom. And maybe they train for races, but you know they're not like sponsored or anything like that. And then we have the middle of the road that maybe, you know, they do want to race. And then we have the others that are like, I just need to get out the door so no one dies. Right. Um, so, I mean, and there's such a different um, output that's expected in all of that. But then I think you can have such changing mindsets in there too, is you can have the, you know, I'm trying not to go insane, but I still have athlete mindset. Or you can have, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going out and I'm going to do some races, but I'm being really smart about it. Like, I think you can have such a, a, a mix up of things in there that you, if you don't kind of check all those parts and pieces and understand what you're working with, it can get ugly <laughs> quickly or it can do just fine. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I have a chart in a notebook that says, okay, if you're feeling this, do these workouts. So like, yeah. there's no excuse where I'm sitting there, like, yeah. Uh, what's the word like uh frozen by my own uh you know anxiety yes. of, like what to do i just yep. open the book i'm like all right here's where i am and these are the workouts that i should do uh versus not and so i think like having yeah. tips like that is going to be really important uh to to put together with all the other stuff coming out yep no i i do that too with clients so i'm like all right red yellow green day yep. and then you need to know exactly like, i don't know if you've ever read atomic habits yeah. Um, it's so fantastic about like sandwiching things. I'm like, you don't need to think anymore. You just, you know what day it is. You know where to go. You don't think. <laughs> uh, I actually went to college with James Clear. So <gasps> <he's a> friend. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fangirl. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we can work something out, Carrie. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't even know this. I'm yeah, he's the... He's the uh, godfather to my nephew as well. So like very close. <laughs> yeah. So Okay. All right. Cool. But, well, no wonder you read the book. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, no, yeah. I, I use that. I use that so much with myself and with clients because I, I do think that the less that we have, especially of moms, especially first time when you're trying to navigate mm -hmm. that stuff. Holy cow. Yeah, absolutely. that's like 99% of the battles. So right. and the burden, right? You already have all these things to worry about. The last I don't mom guilt. I don't I don't need more. Yeah. <laughs> all so. right. So knowing what you know, I'm gonna stop fangirling here. Um, where where do you think we have the potential to affect postpartum care the most? Like looking forward, you're like, okay, this is where I think we can make the biggest change. Yeah, I think that um reaching the postpartum moms early. Yeah. And, um, providing them with easy, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, absorbable uh, pieces of information yep. um, that they can maybe sit down and, you know, just a few minutes, get some good piece, chunks of information. And then, um, you know, giving them resources that they can use um, because of healthcare costs. You know, it's not, not everyone can go to a pelvic health provider. Yep. Not everyone can go to any healthcare provider. So what can we give them in terms of screening? Can, what can yes. we give in terms of flow sheets? 
uh, red, yellow, green days. Yeah. And so I think um, rehabbing appropriately and giving uh, our um, postpartum moms resources to rehab appropriately um, and when to know, you know, how to navigate that is going to be the, the biggest piece here. You know, just like our study showed sleep, like, let's just take that small chunk. Yes. If we had a little flow sheet that says, okay, if you've got, what's your average sleep that you know, right? This study showed 6.8 hours was the risk factor, mm -hmm. but maybe you're an eight hour night person. So maybe that's your threshold. So yep. if, you're, if you're less than eight, you know, you woke up six times to nurse and didn't fall asleep the, the second time and were lying right. awake, you know, then go down this flow chart where, okay, you're going to do maybe some walk runs. But if you have any symptoms, you go down this way. So that's a, my brain thinks in flow sheets, but I think that's yeah. the um, absorbable information yep. for, for a mom. And if we can give it to them early and help a successful re-entry into sports and movement and exercise, that's yep. going to be the most useful uh, information. Because at the end of the day, we want them moving. We want them yes. back to exercising to fight postpartum depression, to get a grab of their mental health, to grab, you know, to um, for the good effects of weight loss that they want, you know, all yeah. of that. Um, I think those digestible, that's the word I was looking for, those digestible pieces of information that they can read, understand, and use uh, are going to be very important. And, and, and there, there, there's a lot of information out there, but there's so much conflicting information. There's so many social media posts that you just shudder when you see. So I think, um, you know, I think <laughs> we just need, so what the research needs to do is back some of these good digestible piece of information so that they're evidence-based um, recommendations, but that's what we need the most to reach them early with good evidence yeah. information. I, you hit on so many good things. Like the, the first thing I was thinking of was physios in general. I feel like so many times we're like, well, they have to walk out with a new exercise or a new this or a new that. But when you have a mom that comes in um, they've been having latching issues and nobody's sleeping and their toddler has a cold and, you know, the dog's vomiting or whatever it is. And you're like, all right, well, what, what are we going to do today? I'm like, we need to figure out how to get you sleep. Mm -hmm. But a physio doesn't feel like that's their wheelhouse. I'm like, no, that's exactly your wheelhouse. It's okay. That, don't feel like you're asking permission to do that. Like you're getting them set up. And I, I think that's a mindset shift in our profession. The other thing I was thinking, you, you brought up social media. Um, I think it's a blessing and a curse in so many different ways. Obviously we've been able to access so many more people. I'm from a rural area myself. It was 70 miles to the, the largest health system, 30 miles to the grocery store. Like assuming there's broadband, that's a whole nother conversation, yeah. but like having access to information. And I, I think public PTs have been really, I think at the forefront as far as social media, TikTok, Instagram, but to your point, there's some information out there that just ain't right. How do we pol not police, but how do we vet, how, how do we help moms vet information then? Yeah. I think the, the first thing I look for is if someone's posting something, where did they get that information from? Like yeah. their resource, um, you know, and I don't even, I that's what I tell my patients, you know, like if they've cited a good, uh, even an, a, a citation, then yeah. that's like the research is kind of is supporting it. Now, whether it's correctly, like we can go down that rabbit hole, right? right? But <laughs> right now, at least they they have some basis of where they're getting their information from and it's evidence-based. So yeah. um, that's a start, just looking to see 
is someone just pulling it out of there. They woke up this morning and decided to say, you know, crunches are bad for you or whatever, but, right. um, or are they, is there something that studied it and has some, and some, some meat to it? Yeah. Now they're the ones that are coming out. And, and I, again, I'm on like year two and a half of Mythbuster Monday. Like the new, the one I did last week was like, somebody's going around. The new one is, Oh, mom jeans are bad for you. I'm like, Jesus, mother of God. Like <laughs> really are we doing this? I actually but, saw no. that. And I meant to read it because I hate high-waisted jeans. And I was like, Okay, what is this saying? <laughs> nah, it's basically like, I, and, and I tried to talk with the person that was kind of perpetuating it a little bit. And I, I you know, I, I think if you're wearing like Kardashian corset style stuff, I can see that would be a thing. Um, but saying that every single person that wears high-waisted jeans is risking increased prolapse or leakage symptoms, I think that's a little broad. And that person was also not open to considering that their words might be fear mongering too. So, hey. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's the biggest thing, right? Like we have so much fear mongering on yeah. the internet and it's um, uh, my biggest re recommendation for anybody listening is, you know, if someone's saying you don't do something, then they right. definitely look at their resource and, that's a great and recommendation. Who, else is, who else is saying that? Because as physical therapists, as movement experts, we're all trying to help help people move and and be healthy and active. And if something's saying don't do it, just just look and see kind of where yeah. everything that your spidey is. sense up for sure. Yeah, yeah. And one one last thing to circle back on the comment earlier, you mentioned you know not everybody have has access to pelvic floor PT, and so I, I'm sure you you see these things that are popped out every couple of years, you know, there was the common, not normal. And now it's, you know, everyone should see a pelvic floor PT. We should all be like France. Well, that's a whole nother conversation, but I, I think also inclusivity mm -hmm. um, is really important here that, you know, and, and someone brought this up to me a year or two ago. They're like, well, what if someone doesn't actually have access or they did go and they're not better? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for them? And I, that was a really interesting approach for me. And, it, and again, like, if you don't have access to a pelvic floor PT, that's still okay. But that's where, you know, the, the free resources, the, the, the vetted social media posts, like access to um, a, a postpartum coach or trainer, like we don't have to be the be all end all. And, and I think, you know, with, with my background in, in our national association, I think that was, I, I couldn't really say that at the time, but now I'm like, no, 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 it, you don't, if you don't see one of us, that doesn't mean you're doomed for life. Right. So, um, right. But I think and I encourage that patient or that client to to send us an email. Like if someone exactly. and said, like, I need help. I don't have yep. the resources. I, I, I mean, my heart, I would say, OK, let's get on a phone call and let's talk through it. Telehealth. Face, yes. FaceTime, you know, yep. but uh, I, I don't want you to go without any access. To exactly. Anybody. Finding something that's affordable in your price range or, you know, yep. giving you resources. But. Um, let's try to get to those moms, no matter totally. what equity. Yeah. The, the number of DMS I answer each week, just like talking people off a cliff where they're like, am I doomed? I'm like, Nope, you're here. Go to this hashtag. I've got a lot of stuff there. Just like, just to give information so people aren't scared. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So. Well, thank All you right. for the work. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're trying here, but, but again, like I, I just, it, it's one of those things that I think once someone reframed that for me, I was like, wow, we need to just get so much education out there that 
people have an option no matter where they are. And again, I love that telehealth came up through, I'm sad that it came through COVID, but like at right. least we have more options um, and more clinicians are feeling comfortable offering that. So. Right. I've been actually really impressed for what all we can do on telehealth. I mean, our sports resident. Yeah. Is- um, I love it. It makes you, yeah, exactly. Rely on this. I like watch him uh, do. You know, he's seen a lot of postpartum moms virtually, and I'm just like in awe of all the things we can do. I mean, he was yep. teaching someone to do a snag self mobilization because ah. she had she's a triathlete and she had swimming related pain when she turned mm-hmm. to the side, and I was like the just I was like in awe like the wonders of what we can do with telehealth so I you know I did some very uh creative instruction in camera and uh lighting to understand level of prolapse and things like that too I'm like I'm not recording it I promise (laughs) get some more power to you Carrie (laughs) it was it was half my caseload up until um this last uh june and we're still using it now i mean you know obviously if the kids are on like quarantine or things like that with with covid like if i have a mom that their kids you know are are, have to stay home and they can't go to daycare you know we just flip it to to telehealth they don't feel like they have to put themselves second um because let's just be honest we've had to for a long time (laughs) absolutely all right so you as a mom What's your biggest personal lesson kind of going through this, having understood things as a mom, now kind of understanding this as a researcher, like what's what's been the lesson that you've taken out of this that if you could put your mom brain into some other mom's head at the beginning of their journey, what what is it? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I grew up an athlete. I um, was a college swimmer and I, and I think what this has taught me is to be kind, kinder with myself. Um, and just like you talked about, you know, Today may not be the day to do a heavy two-a-day workout or whatever. Today might be a day to just sip some tea, take a walk, smell the roses, yeah. you know, all of that, <laughs> and be kind because, you know, it's like, oh, I had this workout planned and I'm not getting to it. It's just been a busy day or anything. Like, I think just that kindness to my, to myself. And you know, we always put ourselves second and, yep. and you know, they, and putting myself first in a way that's kind to me, not like trying to sneak in a workout and then have like no dinner ready and all of that. So I think like just being kind to myself to manage everything and being realistic um, has been one of the biggest lessons. And I think it's helped my um, both physical and mental health because I'm not, you know, freaking out about um, yep. everything. <laughs> no, I totally agree when you've got the, the list that's, you know, this long and you're like, okay, realistically, we're only going to do that. Why am I writing this stupid list? No, I, 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 also, I do a lot of time blocking. It goes on the calendar and that helps yep. shrink my list because there's only so much you can fit on the exactly. calendar. Exactly. Well, again, we, when you're friends with James Clear, like, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, his head's getting bigger and bigger as our conversation. Oh, I'm sure, like, we'll do a whole episode on that. That's so awesome. Um, anything else you wanted to share with people before we hop off? You can find Shafali on Instagram here. Anything else you want to share with us? Uh, no, just thanks for having me. And uh, if you hear back from anybody and they want more of uh, anything, we'll be happy to hop back on. So yeah, thank you. thank you so much for all the research that you're doing. And again, I think if it's such a, I think, exciting time for us to be in this field, to, to be a mom that wants to get back because there's so much more than, than than what we had, you know, eight, 10 years ago. So Yeah, and I think uh, there's an exciting uh, issue coming out in January. The J- Journal of Women's Health PT did a fourth trimester. That's special. right. So, um, 
I've had a couple of things accepted to that. And so look out for it because there's going to be some nice uh, information coming out through awesome. that. Awesome. So. Awesome. I will put that in the notes. Awesome. Thanks so much for, for hopping right. on and thanks for all you do. Thanks. <laughs> if you're a postpartum mom or postpartum professional, please check out all our free resources and upcoming courses on www.carriepagliano.com. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carrie Pagliano and her guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.